Welcome to Perimenopology, where we explore and converse about what it means to transition out of the young, hot, fertile, and fuckable box that our society labels as most worthy when you are socialized as a woman. Around here, we are all about body literacy and talking about the topics that society tells us are unimportant or inappropriate. I'm Michelle Kapler, reproductive acupuncturist, Chinese medicine practitioner, and master feminist confidence coach, and you've got episode number 18. Hello, hello, my friend. Thank you so much for joining me here for another episode of Perimenopology. Before I get into today's episode, I want to make a quick announcement. This episode is brought to you by my upcoming online class called The Menopause Mood Swing Solution. This free class is taking place over Zoom on Tuesday, March 14th at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you've ever had the thought, this period in my life is like one big, long, never-ending PMS session, then this class is for you. If you're approaching the age of perimenopause and you're curious about what to expect with your moods, this class is for you. Or if you're feeling like your hormonal mood swings are impacting your quality of life and you're looking for some relief, this class is for you. Join me for a discussion where I answer questions like, why are perimenopause and menopause such an emotionally tumultuous time for a lot of people? How can I tell the difference between feelings that are normal and valid and when I'm just being hormonal? How can I think about it differently so I might be able to get a little bit of relief? And of course, we'll be looking at all of this through a feminist lens, where we explore how our socialization and conditioning affect the way we move through this time in life, especially when it comes to our emotions. I'll be teaching for half the class, and they'll offer free coaching to anybody who wants it at the end of the call as time allows. To sign up for the free class, you're going to head to michellecaplet.com forward slash mood, that's M-O-O-D. You can also find the link in the show notes. Again, that's michellecaplet.com forward slash mood. And if you're listening to this in the future and the date of the class has already gone by, you can access the replay in the Perimenopause Body Image Confidence Starter Kit. The link for that is in the show notes. In today's episode, I'm answering a listener question from somebody who wanted to remain anonymous. It says, Hi, Michelle. Thanks for this podcast. I'm learning so much. I'm thinking of getting one of those smart watches to track my sleep. I've noticed in the last few months that my sleep has been getting worse and I'm interested to know what's going on. Any guidance would be appreciated. So thanks, Anonymous, for that question. First, I want to offer a big, empathetic, and compassionate sigh. Sleep challenges can be very difficult, both physically and psychologically. I'm so sorry to hear you're going through this. And as you may know, I've actually dealt with chronic sleep difficulties myself. I want to use this episode to zoom out a little bit and talk about all body tracking devices because I think it's an important topic that's becoming more and more relevant as these things are being marketed to us as a population. I'm talking about smartwatches, rings, bracelets, wristbands, any piece of technology that's meant to measure physical data from your body to give you an estimated report of what's going on. There are many pieces of body data and physical data that these devices aim to track. Some can count the number of steps that you've taken in a given day. Some measure the level of restlessness and activity and heart rate when you're sleeping. There are devices that measure your basal body temperature during the night to attempt to predict when you're going to ovulate. There are devices that measure blood glucose levels 
and devices that track movement and pulse rate and send you a quote-unquote motivational message depending on what the data says. We're living at a time when there is so much tech coming out in the hopes of providing data to help guide people's choices, actions, and hopefully improve their health outcomes. At least that's how they're being marketed. I have mixed feelings about this technology and I'll elaborate on those later. But first, I want to share my own story about body data tracking. A while back, I purchased a smartwatch because I was dealing with my chronic sleep issues. And at the time, I was a little bit obsessed with finding answers and fixing what was going on with my sleep. I was trying everything. I was reading and researching and talking to doctors and going to consultations and trying to get to the bottom of my insomnia. And I was coming up with less than satisfying answers. I thought maybe if I got one of these watches, I could see what was going on and then maybe take an action to fix the issue. Because again, that's how these devices are marketed. Buy the thing, get the data, change your actions based on the data, get a particular health outcome. So I got myself the latest model and started using it. I use it consistently over a few weeks and there are a couple of things that I noticed. First, I could tell right away that the data actually wasn't very accurate. There would be nights when I would have a terrible sleep. I would be up for a few hours in the night consciously awake, and I felt super tired the next day, and the watch would give me a good sleep rating. It was very confusing. And conversely, there were times when I thought I slept through the night and woke feeling refreshed, but the watch told me that I'd had a poor night's sleep. So this led me to draw a few conclusions. One, the technology might not be advanced enough yet to accurately measure what was happening for me. There may have been data missing that would actually help me get a complete picture of what was going on with my body. And two, it made me question what I was seeing and experiencing in my own body from a sensual perspective. I was questioning my own experience and deferring to a computer to tell me what was happening, which I chose to see as interesting and be fascinated about. And the second thing that I noticed was that my anxiety around sleep actually increased, which I figured probably wasn't helping me sleep better. When I would wake in the night, I would be conscious that I was being measured and monitored, and it would cause anxiety and actually keep me awake. When I would interpret the data in the morning, even if I felt okay, if the watch told me that I slept poorly, my mindset around sleep and energy would completely change. I would feel anxiety because I was reading a report that said I had a bad sleep and anticipating feeling tired and bad for the whole day, and that made me anxious. From there, I just decided to stop wearing the watch at night, and I also asked my doctor to send me for a proper sleep study in a lab. After the sleep lab experience, I learned a few things. First, I was able to rule out sleep apnea and other primary sleep disorders, which of course is good info to have because if you have sleep disorders such as sleep apnea, it can increase your risk for things like heart disease. So again, really important to know. Second, by doing the sleep study, I learned that to actually measure my sleep in a medically relevant way, I had to wear about 50 different wires and electrodes all night to measure my brain activity. I wore a breathing tube to measure snoring and breathing patterns. I wore a device on my finger to measure oxygen levels. And I literally had somebody watching me on a camera all night. That's the level of technology required to know what's actually going on with my sleep to get a complete picture to be able to make a diagnosis and potentially recommend treatment. So you can probably tell by now that I personally did not find the sleep watch to be very useful. In fact, I think it made my sleep worse and it didn't give me any information that was useful or actionable. Again, just my individual experience. Now, before I offer my thoughts on this, I want to tell you another quick story. In my clinical practice, I have an exclusive focus on reproductive health, which means that I see a lot of folks who are trying to get pregnant. 
I also see a lot of body data tracking devices that are marketed to folks to try to help them have intercourse on the right day to make a baby. I've seen temperature tracking devices that people wear at night. I've seen bracelets that people wear to predict ovulation timing. I've seen urine test kits to determine the surge of luteinizing hormone that occurs right before ovulation. And all of this data is meant to help people determine exactly when to have sex in order to get pregnant. And there are a few things that I've noticed that I want to say about this. First of all, any of these devices only measure one part of the complex system of physiological processes that need to occur in order to ovulate. Just because your luteinizing hormone surges doesn't mean that you actually ovulated. Just because your temperature increases doesn't mean that you actually ovulated. And in some conditions, like polycystic ovarian syndrome, for example, you can get multiple LH surges and temperature fluctuations in any given cycle and not ovulate at all or ovulate at a different time. The body data that we need to have to accurately predict what's happening requires a series of blood tests and ultrasounds throughout the cycle done in a lab and interpreted by a qualified healthcare professional, kind of like my sleep lab example. The second thing I noticed, much like our sleep watch, is that people take this incomplete data and put so much pressure on themselves to use it to gain a certain outcome. Even though it's only a fraction of the information that they would need in order to know when ovulation occurs or what's going on with their sleep. And this creates so much anxiety and pressure. And here's what I know about humans getting pregnant. On average, if you have a regular cycle and if the sperm and eggs are both healthy and of good quality, if you have the good, the right anatomy and the uterus and fallopian tubes are healthy, and if you have sex from day 10 to day 18, approximately every other day, there is a high probability that you'll get pregnant within 12 months of trying. That's just basic math and physiology and statistics. Trying to have sex on the quote unquote correct day is not only unnecessary, it creates a lot of stress and anxiety and pressure. And it doesn't actually help your chances of getting pregnant all that much. If that math doesn't work in the 12 months that you've been trying, there's likely something medical going on that will require treatment at a fertility clinic. And in that case, no amount of body data tracking advices will do much good if it's actually medication or a procedure or a lifestyle change that you would need. For example, if the semen analysis shows that sperm count is low and the person with the sperm is a smoker, it's much more useful to put the time and energy into smoking cessation to improve sperm quality rather than trying to have sex on the perfect day. Okay, so that was a little rant. I got off track, but I'm back now. But by now, you're probably getting the idea of what my thoughts are on body data tracking devices. But just in case it's not clear, I think the technology is still very limited. In most cases, it is only one piece of the puzzle and isn't that useful without the full picture and the rest of the context missing. And for a lot of people, it creates a situation where the person uses the data to put pressure on themselves and beat themselves up and make themselves wrong for not being able to figure it out. For a lot of people, it doesn't give them reliable answers. It just creates unnecessary stress. That's what I've noticed by observing many of my patients and clients using these devices. But the truth is that I don't know what's best for you. Only you can know that answer. But I do want to offer a few questions you can ask yourself to determine if it's a good idea for you to try using one of these data tracking devices. So the first question is, what exactly is the information that you were hoping to get? And will this device actually help you get that information? These devices are offered through very skillful marketing as a solution to get 
better health outcomes. But I want you to ask yourself, is there any validity to these claims? A good way to ask this is to ask yourself or your doctor what the medical process is for getting this information. So going back to our sleep example, if in order to gain a true picture of your sleep, you actually need to spend a night in a sleep lab with 50 electrodes, wires, monitors, and breathing tubes attached to your body and somebody watching you with a camera, it's unlikely that a watch is going to give you the same useful info. And lastly, I would say ask, is there a more accurate medical test that can give you the information that you're looking for? And if so, why not do that instead? The second question is, if you have that information, if you get the information from this data tracking device, what would you do with it? Again, looking at our sleep watch example, if you can track and receive a report of your heart rate and body movement through each night, would you actually be able to make changes or take actionable steps based on the information? For me, the answer is no. For you, the answer might be different, but you want to ask yourself what you're hoping to get out of the experience when you get that information. If your answer is, I just want the information or I just want to know, ask yourself why. Is having that information actually going to serve you? Is it actually going to help you change your behavior or make changes in your life? The third question to ask yourself, will you end up using that information as a way to beat yourself up? Will the information create stress and pressure and not actually guide you on how to solve the problem? And what I want to say is that my estimation is that the answer in most cases, because of the limited nature of what these technological devices can do, is that it probably won't guide you on how to solve the problem. And also, will it take you further away from what you intuitively and practically experience in your own body? When I was using the smartwatch, I began to stop trusting myself and how I sensed what was going on in my body and was actually deferring to the watch. And for that, it didn't serve me. So I want you to ask yourself, how does it serve you to use technology like this and how does it not serve you? So before I sign off today, I want to mention when you should definitely use a body data tracking device, and that is when your doctor tells you that you should. If you have diabetes, please use a blood glucose monitor if your doctor recommends it. This episode is not meant to contradict or encourage you to decline medical advice that you're given by your care provider. If your cardiologist wants you to wear a heart monitor to measure different data on your heart rate and rhythm, and will be using that information to inform the recommendations about your medical diagnosis, please follow your doctor's advice. But if we're talking about devices with fancy marketing and health influencers that make a commission selling these products, I want you to make sure that you ask yourself the questions I suggested earlier. So thanks again, Anonymous, for that question. I hope my answer was helpful. That's going to be it for me today. Thanks so much for listening. If you are loving what you're learning in the podcast and you want to take this work to a deeper level, let's work together. If you are a resident of Ontario, Canada, we can work together in a clinical setting, both virtually or in person, to help you find a unique and customized treatment plan to alleviate your perimenopausal symptoms and get the relief you deserve using Chinese medicine. Or if you're looking for support with body image, confidence, advocating for yourself and seeking treatment, or just generally making your life as awesome as possible through this transition and beyond, I can help you anywhere in the world through coaching. To learn more about options for working with me, you can head to michellecapley.com and click on work with me on the overhead menu. I can't wait to talk with you.